Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the lifestyle you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Achenpong, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. This episode is going to be pretty exciting, assuming I can pull it off how I want it to. I'm going to be shooting from the hip, uh, well, really for the entire episode, but I think if it goes like I want it to go on some level, it'll be pretty fun. So let me give you a little background as to why I say that. So first and foremost, if you haven't listened to podcast number two, go back and listen to podcast number two, because that's going to provide a lot of context to what I'm about to say and kind of how all this makes sense. So basically, I'll give you a quick rundown. In episode number two, if you haven't listened, I give people an overview of what I have been going through from a health perspective and the adversity that I've been dealing with and how I've been pushing through in spite of. Uh, Long story short, I got diagnosed with a giant cell tumor end of last year, actually this month last year, after several months of trying to piece it all together, had a surgery the following month and have essentially been recovering ever since. I had a surgery in January of this year and have essentially been recovering ever since. So uh, I had a nine month checkup about six or six weeks ago. And at that time they discovered that something had come back uh, in my back because that's where the uh, giant cell tumor uh, originated. And it looked like it came back. So at this point I'm exploring options for treatment, and they're holding off on surgery. But when I initially found out six weeks ago, they were like, I, well, I told them, you know, I have a, a trip planned uh, at the end of the year. And ironically, the purpose of the trip was, you know, I got diagnosed December of last year. I wanted to go on a trip a year from that date uh, to basically say, hey, look, look how far we've come. Um, you know, the difference a year can make. It's been a tough, tough year, but we made it. And now we've, you know, gotten a year of this behind us and my wife and I, we're going to celebrate in Jamaica, you know, fun in the sun in December in Jamaica, everything you could ever ask for. But when I got the diagnosis again, uh, back in, was it October? Um, my doctor basically said, well, we don't know, you know, what the scope of your treatment is going to look like. So I would advise against, you know, planning or paying any additional money for your trip because there's a, there's a chance you might not be able to go. So naturally, that sucked. I had to break the news to my wife, but she's super understanding. And it, it, as much of a disappointment as it was for both of us, you know, we we understood, you know, it was what it was. And we were you know, going to look forward to po- kind of postponing the trip to maybe sometime next year, because at that point, I was, a, I think, a week away, not even from having to make the final deposit. And if I would have made the deposit at that point, it would have been non-refundable or the remaining balance if you will, it'll be non-refundable. So I held off on making that deposit and then canceled uh, the trip altogether with the hope of getting my initial deposit back. So I canceled the trip. We had wrapped our head around not going. And then it just hit me uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, like even though, you know, I got this new diagnosis and it kind of changed things and changed my outlook for the rest of the year, what I figured out is they're not rushing to do surgery and it looks like I can work around the schedule for the treatment that they want to have me on. 
And from where I sit today, it's not going to impact me to a point where I won't be able to travel. So I said, the heck with it. And literally today, I mean, I was thinking last night, but today at like three in the morning, uh, after mulling over it for the past two or three weeks, I went ahead and pulled the trigger and rebooked the trip. My wife has no idea. So what I'm planning to do is when she comes home later tonight, we've been trying to figure out what we were going to do with our time off because we still both have, you know, scheduled time off. Uh, we just decided that we weren't going to schedule anything else. But because both of us are, you know, social butterflies, if you will, we we still have some things that people started to invite us to, like Christmas parties and we got invited to do this thing called escape room with another couple. And basically that's, that's uh, this little adventure where you're trapped in a room and you got to try to use some clues to escape. It's supposed to be pretty fun. Got invited to that. And my wife's family actually invited her home uh, on, I think, the first day that we're supposed to be off just to catch up on some family stuff since I guess they knew we were going to be off. So when I told her earlier today, when you get home, I want to catch up. I want to talk about what we're going to do with our time off, be intentional. I know we're not going to Jamaica, but let's figure out what we want to do. So live on the podcast, I'm going to have the microphone hooked up. She's not going to know it. I'm going to be talking to her in regular conversation. Hopefully the audio picks up because I'm going to try to talk in a normal tone, not as excited as I sound right now. And we're going to talk about basically, hey, look, sweetie, you know, uh, I know we got this time off. What do you want to do? I'm going to kind of bait her into the whole scenario, and then I'm going to surprise and drop the bomb on her that we're still going to Jamaica, that I booked the trip. If I know my wife, she is going to scream and be super excited, and that is all going to be captured on the podcast, which I think is going to be incredibly cool, so that's my goal. So I'm going to basically stop the recording here because she's not going to be home for another hour or so. I'm going to pick up where I left off. She's going to be on the podcast, not even realize she's going to be on the podcast. And then once I drop that bomb on her of excitement, then I'm going to put her on the spot and we're going to move into a topic about marriage and money since I figured, hey, look, kill two birds with one stone, already have her uh, on the show, might might as well make the most of it. So that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm planning. If it goes somewhat according to plan, I think it'll be incredibly cool. So let's see how it all works out. Now Mood. I'm recording, so can you, can you stop, please? Just testing. <laughs> so this will be a good way for me to see if I have a guest, what it sounds like if they're in person. Obviously, I can reposition the setup and change things around, but it's will give me a good inclination. So thank you for being a good sport and absolutely. Will the guest be this close, like in kissing distance, like me? No, nah, they won't be. <laughs> They won't be in kissing distance like you. So if it's a regular guest, it'll be more like the comfortable, yeah. that space. Between. Right. So maybe you should stay there so that we can see from that distance what it sounds like. That's true. Cool. Because I don't know if I feel comfortable with the guest being like, how close I am. <laughs> oh, man. What if this was a real podcast? It would be completely weird. But maybe people would like it. So good. But anywho, so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what? What are we talking about? We are testing out the volume to make sure we nah, have guests. I, I know that, but we're happy. We're going to go and have the conversation that we wanted to have about, uh, what you call it? Uh, oh, our time off. Our time off. So, what, the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we got invited to the Christmas party. 
Pet mm-hmm. Friday. We got invited to uh, Escape Escape Room. That Saturday. We got invited to what else? Um, family. The fifteenth. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, I don't think we should do any of it. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Tell me the why, and I'm completely fine with it. Okay. The why is because next what Thursday when we're off is that when we, is that when we scheduled off for ourselves mm-hmm. next Thursday when we're off I actually this morning went ahead and uh, rebooked our trip to Jamaica so we're not going to be able to go we're going to Jamaica next week I made a, a judgment call what yeah yeah so I rebooked it. in line with all of my decision making <laughs> I rebooked our trip to Jamaica so here's that's the first surprise well, first, before I say anything else, what what do you what are your thoughts about that? Jamaica or the Christmas trip? Just in general, like what what do you what are your thoughts? Were you expecting that? No. So okay, so does this have anything to do with the time? The same your scheduling. Time, the same time? No. The same time we were planning on going before. How did that uh, happen? Last night, I just I just said you know forget it. Why not? Um, I just decided to book it. So we're going. It's actually a better resort than the one we originally had booked. So it's even nicer. I'll show you the video shortly. But yeah, we're going to Jamaica next Thursday. So that's why we can't do any of those activities. Okay, I'm fine with that. Cool. If you said Jamaica over a, a local thing. All right, so here's here's the truth, right? The truth is that, here's the, the second surprise. The truth is this actually is going to be a real podcast. Before you got here earlier today, I recorded... <laughs> And say, hey, look, so I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to have a surprise, surprise guest on the podcast. <laughs> and the surprise, the first surprise is that, number one, she doesn't even know she's going to be on the show. She thinks we're just testing out the the volume for my future guests. So now guests. I sound like a dork. This, which will make it funny, probably. <laughs> the second surprise is that this is actually going to be a real podcast where we're going to talk about a real topic um, pertaining to us. It'll be natural, so I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm put on the spot. It'll be things that we, we talk about weekly, borderline daily, so I'll drive the majority of the conversation. So the surprise is that you're being interviewed. Well, it's more of a conversation. It's not really an interview. Um, today on the show, you're my first guest ever on the third hey. podcast. So surprise, <clears throat> surprise. And just to give you guys some context, it's about 9.58 at night. Uh, long work day for her, long work day for me. She just got back from the gym. I went a little earlier than her. We just finished eating. So she's being a good sport. I'm inclined to believe because she's going to Jamaica next week. So she's on board with it. That's why she's not giving me any slack. But here we are for the first podcast with a guest, special, special guest. What better guest to have than my wife? So we're going to get right into it. So Madge, basically what I thought would be a good topic to address on this surprise, surprise podcast. I promise I won't keep saying that, guys. But what I thought would be a good topic to address is kind of our evolution of merging our money and our finances in that conversation. And I thought of a few points that we can touch on and I'll, you know, kind of drive the conversation a little bit. And of course, you can chime in and give me your thoughts on your experience um, since we've been doing it uh, for the past ooh, several years now. Granted, we just got married last year, but we've been having conversations about money early, early on. Funny story, actually, uh, she became a client of mine probably two months into dating because I wanted to see how good or bad her spending habits were. So I guess they weren't too bad 
because we're here now, several years later, and we're married. But um, there was some work that needed to be done. <laughs> I remember um, your first client session with me. It was so funny because you booked a conference room. Mm-hmm. You had a whiteboard and you did like a whole presentation and were very, very formal, which I thought was so cute because you were so professional and so smart. And you presented to me like a stranger and you won me over because I was like, man, he's legit even when he likes me. And from that moment on, I knew you knew your stuff and I could trust you with all my bad spending habits at that time, with my food habits and my Starbucks shopping habits and my eating out habits. I knew you could fix it. Indeed. And <laughs> so the interesting thing is the first, first I want to talk about kind of merging money philosophy. So you know, I have 29 years of life. She has 29 years of life. And part of what I had to realize as we continue to go down the road of getting our finances in sync is that, you know, her financial outlook is primarily going to be based upon her upbringing, right? What she sees, what she's used to, her experiences. And my, my impression uh, that I got after, you know, several months and even now several years of uh, being with Madge is that she grew up in a dynamic where they were very generous. So she saw her parents give a lot. Um, so she had the same heart. She had a heart to give. And one of the things that we always uh, kind of talked about in the early stages was I was like, okay, well, you know, your parents built up to that. So I, I'm a generous person too. And I hope to be able to be generous to the capacity that they are and they were um, during your childhood. But sometimes you got to plan and work your way up to certain things. So one of the things that she would do um, which she would often have gatherings and kickbacks at her house, which was pretty nice, by the way. Um, and she would invite friends over and she would pay for everything. I mean, everything, the wine, the pizza, the wings, the chips. Well, who, who, who am I kidding? She had much more fancy stuff than that, which was made it even more interesting. So, I mean, I attended the first one and I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, but I thought to myself, well, I didn't bring anything. So I'm assuming nobody else brought anything. And I just started to realize that she was a very generous person, had a very generous heart, but that was uh, probably taking a toll on her pockets. <laughs> uh, another funny story that she shared with me is that in college, she you know learned how to cook. Well, she, maybe she learned how to cook before then. I'm not sure. Did you learn how to cook before college? I dabbled. So college was your real first like yeah. stab at it. So yeah. there again, the generosity queen. So she would cook large portions for a bunch of her friends. So she didn't even know how to really cook smaller portions. So when she graduated and, you know, she was living by herself, she wouldn't cook because she didn't know, she didn't even know how to make smaller portions. So she would eat out a lot. And as you can imagine, that would add up. Little did we know when she became a client, we figured out that it added up to more than she was paying in rent. And she stayed <laughs> in a pretty nice place. Won't throw a specific number out there, but she was staying in a pretty nice place. You can wrap your head around what that number might've been. But it's cool. You know, we all have our different things. For me, I didn't necessarily grow up in the most uh, abundant uh, household. So I had a much more frugal perspective on money. And that molded my perspective. All right. And probably was one of the catalysts as to why I decided to even get into a career in the world of financial planning. But I was much more frugal, much more tight. Uh, my, my uncles and aunts used to say uh, that, you know, they could squeeze a I, they couldn't squeeze a penny out of me. That's a country saying. I, I don't really know what it means, but more of the story was I wasn't giving up anything. Uh, so we had very conflicting uh, philosophies about money, but over time, we're just continuing to have dialogue 
we've uh, learned to accept each other's differences and we've continued to get better because ultimately um, I aspire to be very generous one day, right? When, or more so than I am now. I'm pretty generous now, I would say, but I aspire to be even more generous. So it's not a matter of, ooh, let me impose all of my financial wisdom on her. Some of her, none of her philosophy is bad. It's just a matter of how do we mesh those together for where we are today. Would you agree, Mitch? Mm-hmm. Cool. The next point I want to touch on, and it kind of is an extension of the point I just talked about, and that's merging money habits. So how you spend money, how you save money, how you budget, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I already touched on how she, you know, spent more money on food than she did on rent, which was an interesting phenomenon. But hey, you know, we moved past that and now she's, she's spending her money much more wisely. But just to kind of expound upon that topic, the way I look at it is your money habits are what you do on a day-to-day basis to make up the story of how you sp- how you spend your finances, right? And so what we had to do is figure out what my habits were, what her habits are, were, which essentially stem from our philosophies and then figure out how we need to refine that, right? Anything you want to add to that, Madge? Down to a lot, even down to my upbringing. I was used to tithing, his upbringing. You tithe here and there, but not as consistent. So us deciding as a household, what we're committing to with charity, what we're committing to with donations and nonprofit, what we're committing to with tithing, um, not just having a budget for expenses, but also a budget for the, the philanthropy side too. So joining efforts, joining what's important to us. And I think we did a really good job doing that. I agree. And to be honest with you, uh, sadly enough, my mom was actually a, a pretty consistent tither. But because of some of the adversity that I saw us go through financially when we were younger, uh, it kind of gave me a scarcity mindset, unfortunately. I kind of like, well, let me hold on to as much as I have because I never know what's going to happen. So these past couple of years, I've gotten tremendously better uh, with tithing, uh, definitely to the uh, to the effect of my wife you know, influencing that uh, on me and me seeing what she did and her being a firm believer and what that can do for you when you're obedient with that area of your finances. And, uh, but it just goes to show you that your philosophies can impact you for, you know, for good, bad, or indifferent. And that's one of the areas in particular where I'm still learning a lot from her. Um, and I, I know that, you know, as we continue to grow, that that will be an area of our finances that continues to grow in an area that we're continue, we're continually able to bless people at a higher capacity. So certainly looking forward to how that unfolds. And the next topic I want to touch on is mapping money goals. Now, this is probably hmm, arguably the one that we spend the most time on. And there again, it's, it's all a puzzle. So this also ties into philosophy because what her goals are are going to be a direct relation of what's important to her. What's important to her is a direct relation of how she thinks about money or her outlook on money, which is a byproduct of her philosophies, right? So when I think about money goals, the, the thing that I have to remember and often have to reel myself in, prime example with the reason why I booked the surprise trip is that I'm very narrow-minded, and not in a bad way, but I'm just laser-focused on financial freedom, right? Save, invest, budget. Those are my Those are my hot buttons, right? Or invest in my business. So those are the things that are important to me. And not to say that conceptually those things aren't important to her, 
but she also has goals too, right? And one of the, one of the things that you have to learn with marriage is that uh, your your goals aren't just black and white. They're not just cut and dry. It's not all about ambition and pursuit and progress uh, because then you would just be two business partners. Uh, your your goals also have to be with sustaining and uplifting your marriage as well because without that, you know, there is no, nothing else matters. So that's one of the things I have to work on because I'm so laser focused. I'm always thinking go, budget, save, invest, financial freedom. That's how my mind works. Whereas her mind, you know, subconsciously, I feel she thinks about those things too because she's an entrepreneur at heart and, you know, she wants to be financially free and doesn't want to be in corporate America forever either. But at the same token, she brings a different element to how I think about financial goals. Case in point, why I booked the trip. So for her, a, 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 a money goal or a goal in general that might inherently involve our money will be spending quality time, which might mean for her getting a massage, a couple's massage. It might mean taking a trip, a weekend trip, not necessarily to Jamaica, but just something that we can do to focus on our marriage and focus on our relationship. And admittedly, that's hard for me to sometimes buy into because all I can see is, ooh, that's more money going out. We could better spend that money on you know, something else, paying off debt, saving. So that's an area where I have to work on and find a way to compromise because those aspects of our goals are just as important as our financial freedom, right? Because what is financial freedom if you don't have anybody to share it with because you didn't focus on sustaining your marriage, right? So that's something that we have to constantly work at. And I think that's the beauty of marriage is, you know, you have these uh, two people who have different opinions about things, different opinion, I mean, different outlooks, different philosophies. And ultimately, we're able to uh, form uh, a unique centralized view and continue to work together to build our relationship and our marriage. Anything you want to want to share there? You said it so eloquently. Oh, <laughs> she's blowing my head up right now. But um, besides that little high pitch uh, puberty spike in my voice, but you guys can forgive me. I mean, I've been talking. What is it for 15 minutes now? All right, so another point I want to touch on is flexibility and compromise. And we've, again, kind of touched on that with the money, uh, mapping money goals. But again, wanted to just isolate it specifically because of how important it is. Uh, you know, Madge, matter of fact, I'm gonna let you take the lead on flexibility and compromise. What are your thoughts on just that concept in terms of marriage in general and how we handle our finances? Yeah, so going back to the goals piece, you know, we both agree on what our goals are. In terms of, all right, do we want to save up for a specific item or a trip or are we paying down something? So we're very clear on what we're working towards. But with that, it isn't always you can just do what you want with your money. It's often a lot of sacrifice. So, hey, instead of eating out, we're going to cook. And the flexibility comes with, all right, I hate eating the same things over and over. Um, George can appreciate the simplicity in in meal prepping where typically less ingredients um, means you can do it in a more effective way. So the flexibility in, all right, we're saving towards this goal. We've identified the way to save is through meal prep. But even in that, you can compromise. Okay, babe, so we're meal prepping. Can we have a variety of three meals instead of eating the same thing all week? So even in us being on the same page, we still meet each other in the middle so that neither one resents the process of working towards that goal and feel like well we're doing your plan or we're doing this because you want us to so we can get to this goal it's really got to be a joint effort and it's fluid in that we talk about it every day yeah yeah um, 
every day. Yeah. So you got to be on the same page and be clear on what you're working towards and compromise on what that plan looks like as you work towards it together. Wow. Well, the funny thing is, you know, you guys heard it first. She had no idea that this was a surprise podcast and that she was going to be on the show. But it's just a testament to the fact that we really have these conversations because the points that she touched on is exactly what I was going to touch on. And actually, I'm going to touch on it more in depth on another podcast and, and later on in this one. But she's 100% right. I mean, we have these conversations daily. It's not a here's the plan. Let's run with it. Because actually, when we had our first plan, she had a different job. Uh, she was making a little less money. And since then, my gosh, Mash, how many times have we revisited and revised, uh, you know, monthly? Yeah. At minimum, right? We have conversations daily, weekly, but yeah. actual like heart revisions monthly. And it's not easy. Like we have to, we try everything. Like I said, I'll expound upon it more in another podcast specifically related to uh, how we do planning around food, but we have tried everything. And I know there's times when it's been frustrating for her because, you know, she was the person primarily responsible for or still is uh, the grocery shopping. <laughs> I was like, what? The grocery shopping. And, you know, it's like I'm giving her these directives like, hey, look, this is our goal. This is we need to meet. And just like, it just wasn't happening. But it wasn't happening because she was failing. It, was, it wasn't happening because we had a plan that we needed to revisit. Right. But that's something that you got to constantly, you know, address because it just doesn't happen overnight. And here we are a year and almost two months, a year and two months and some change. Uh, into marriage and we're just now clicking yeah. on all cylinders and it just takes time right mm-hmm. yeah so thank you for addressing that. another thing that I thought about when you mentioned the flexibility and compromise piece is two things one uh, you have to communicate everything you can't assume anything and the reason why I say that is because you know there's always there's this phrase that we use I'd say weekly and it's the expectation gap right it's like there's something in her head that she's thinking how it should go. There's something in my head that I, how I think it should go. And if it doesn't go that way and we don't communicate it, then there's an expectation gap of what we thought would happen versus what it actually did. So, for instance, uh, there is this infamous camera that my wife has been asking about for months. hundred years. No, no, she's exaggerating. Forever. For months, right? That's but, one of those goals, guys, that you're working towards, and we seem to be working towards it pretty slow in my eyes. Well, we have the camera now, so and, and, and I just booked you a trip to Jamaica. Jesus, I know. Some I'm excited, but I just want to be real with the people. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's been a while. But there again, it, <laughs> it goes back to, you know, in my mind, a camera, I mean, you know, and to her defense, she primarily wanted the camera for business purposes, but she also likes to take nice pictures and post on her Instagram outside Which of is business. a part of business yeah, yeah. for the blog. I, I feel you. But uh, so for me, it... it it just seemed like it wasn't a priority. Admittedly, that's how I felt on the inside. But, you know, we came up with a plan and I committed to telling her that we were going to get it. And we did get it maybe a little later than she would have hoped, but we got it. And it's actually, we're using it to record right now. But based upon the way we both look, we're in our night clothes, we probably won't uh, actually post this anywhere. <laughs> but it was just a test run to see how the video feature is. But anywho, I brought that up because, you know, before... I say we really had started having hard talks about the camera, like in terms of really planning to get around August. And the reason why I know it was August was because we were planning our semi-anniversary trip to D.C. And we talked about, okay, well, when we get back from D.C. and things settle down, then we'll start to, uh, you know, plan our budget for the camera, right? And actually, I'm going to pause there and do a quick tangent. So the, the trip that I just planned was actually something that I planned originally back in March, Right. So originally she got surprised with the, the trip 
in September when we had our anniversary, our official wedding anniversary is the 27th by surprise on the 25th because we were in DC a couple of days earlier. So that was the, that was the first surprise. Then a month later, because of my new diagnosis, we had to cancel the trip. And, uh, you know, here we are again, a couple months later uh, beyond that. And now she's getting a surprise. So it's called the surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise podcast. I think this one's probably even more impactful than the first one because, I mean, we're going next week, right? That time it was a surprise. She had no idea, but we had, a, you know, several months before the actual trip. I'm pretty sure she had no clue that we're still going. And heck, I had no clue. Why? Because it cost me a freaking arm and a leg. And because uh, we have so much going on right now in our world that, you know, that was kind of the last thing on my mind. But I, but because of everything that we have going on, I thought that what better way to detach from that temporarily than to go to Jamaica. Right. Amen. Right. So back to the point at hand. So we, we started really making real plans. She had been talking about it for months before. We started making real plans around August of this year to get the camera. And then I'd say, I think it was September. It had to be September. I went out and I bought a new rug. And the rug is beautiful, guys. And to my defense, the I was driving by and it was, there was this white tent which screamed, oh man, this isn't going to be here forever. Psh. We have been talking about redecorating the house slightly. We do things incrementally. We have been talking about getting a new rug. It was on the checklist. I was like, cool, bet. This is a Persian, I don't even know what it was, a Persian rug. Swindle City. Persian rug. And it was, I would say, probably three-fourths the cost of the camera, right? And so when she saw, so here's my, here's the expectation gap I talked about. So I, I get the rug in, I buy the rug myself. I bring it in the house, set it up myself. So when she comes in, I'm thinking, man, she's going to see this rug. Like, whoa, look at this vibrant new rug in our living room. Cause it's like turquoise it's blue. <laughs> the rug we had before was like gray and black. And uh, not that it didn't go to decor. It just wasn't nearly as vibrant. So, you know, I'm in the, I think I'm in the bathroom or I'm sitting in the chair or I'm standing around the corner. I'm doing something. I want to see her natural reaction without me imposing on it. So she walks up those steps and she looks at that rug and she's just like, hmm, uh, that's nice. And what I didn't know at the time, the only thought that was going through her head is, how did he go out and buy a rug before he got my camera? Yeah. Going back to that collaboration, y'all having the same goals. So it, 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 it threw off my expectation because I thought, okay, we both communicated. We're on target to save towards getting our camera. And then before we get our camera, we get this new exotic Persian rug. So I just felt like you got what you wanted before we could get what we targeted for as a couple. He's thinking in genuine intention, I'm getting something for our house. This is something for us that we're targeting for. So even in with good intentions, there can be miscommunication even when we're both in our perspective fighting towards a common goal or doing something that's going to be good for us. Yep. All I saw on that rug when I came up the steps was that's money that could have been spent on my camera. Now, let me tell you guys something, too. Now, grant, granted, matter of fact, I think it was a couple of days before we went to D.C. Because remember, we were riding up and we ended up kind of unpacking it more and more and figuring out what you were really mad about. So I think it was like yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> um, so let me let me tell you how, how long it took us to get there. Right. So when I saw her reaction to the rug, I, I just assumed she didn't like it. I was like, darn, like. I got this rug. I love it. She hates it. And I proceed to say, you know what? I'll take it back. And to be honest with you, I really didn't mean it. Like, I had no intention of taking it back. I can say it now because she has her camera. We have the rug. Everybody's happy. I didn't tell her that then. But I threw it out there. I said, hey, I'll take it back. Knowing that she would say, no, it's fine. But uh, at the time, I'm thinking she just didn't like the rug. I had no clue that there was this deeper, you know, thing there, underlying uh, reality that she really was expecting to get her camera before we bought anything else 
that could even remotely uh, take away from the camera budget, right? So I'm thinking she just didn't like the rug. She thought it was ugly. But oh, as the days passed, I'm just like, man, like she just really doesn't like this rug. I mean, we weren't, we weren't arguing anything, but I just knew her. I know her well enough to know it was more than that she just didn't like the rug. So I asked, so we were talking as we were riding up to D.C. because we drove. This is about a five and a half, six hour drive. I think it was longer this time because we hit some traffic. But we were talking and eventually, I don't know at what point we got to it. And I think we even had another conversation on the way back. But at some point we got to the revelation that we just talked about that the real problem was that I bought something that wasn't in the plan before I bought something that was for her in theory, right? That was a part of the plan. So her perception was, you can just go out and get what you want. I'm trying to plan. You're making me plan for what I want. And then it gets delayed or I have to wait because you just want to, you know, do everything in your own timing. And, you know, and as simple as it might seem to you guys, it's just a rug. It's not that deep. For those who are in relationships and are married, they know exactly what we're talking about. Something small can become something big if you let it. One of the beauty of beauties of our relationships is we talk a lot. And I say beauty, she might say beast. But we have real, real conversations all the time. And even though sometimes it may take up the time from chilling or watching TV or relaxing, I think we can both agree, hindsight being 2020, how, how valuable those conversations are. Because something as simple as me buying that rug 10 years later, if I do something like that once a year, guess what happens? That turns into you make all these decisions and don't include me. Right. And then what does that mean for our marriage? What does that mean for our relationship? Does that that could even evolve into her starting to hide money, right? And one and, and basically putting her own stash away because she said, Well, if I if I wait on him, I'm not gonna get what I want. Now, mind you, we weren't anywhere near that. But I say that to say the importance of open dialogue and communication, because something that simple, left unchecked, could evolve into that over time. Right. And one of the things, the philosophies that we live by within our marriage is we aren't any different. We, you know, a lot of people from the outside looking in say we have something special and, you know, and I genuinely believe that, but I think above having something special, we're very intentional about the success of our relationship. And we have, you know, the tough conversations behind closed doors all the time. So then we're out in public, you know, we're always in sync. You know, there's never an opportunity where someone else can call us out about something or expose something about us that we don't know. That would never happen because of how, how intense, I don't say intense, how intentional our dialogue is. Would you agree, Mesh? Mm-hmm. So, uh, gift may be a curse, depending upon who you're asking, but I think, uh, by and large, it, it pays a lot of dividends for us. And the second point that I thought about around the whole camera and goal setting and purchasing thing was, actually, we had this conversation two days ago, and it's about tactical, tactically planning your goals, right? So, there can't just be a, 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 time, a long time frame in between when you want something versus when you get it, Right? you have to put intentional plans in place to actually acquire. So there's another thing on Madge's wish list that she wants that, you know, isn't cheap. And it's a woman thing, it's something to do with her hair. Uh, I won't go into details unless she wants to go into details, but just something to do with her hair, okay? And it costs a little bit more than her typical hair budget. So, you know, you got to see how I dress. You know, I like to wear, wear nice things too. She's a a style blogger, so clearly she likes to wear nice things. And outside of that, there's a lot of other things we like to do, right? And by and large, we you know we, we position ourselves to do them within reason, right? We don't go crazy, but we always can do what we want, i.e. book a trip within seven days and going to Jamaica, right? Because we are prudent with our finances. We can make decisions like that and it won't, we're not tapping into emergency fund. We're not tapping into uh, any of our other accounts and we're not robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? It's accounted for, it's done, we're good. But 
the only way that can happen is because we have to tactically plan our goals. We can't just say in August, man, I really want a camera. And then we don't make any plans to put money aside. And then in December, I still haven't got my camera. I'm not saying she, she didn't say it in that tone. I'm just giving an example of what I think someone who's upset about not getting their camera would sound like, right? You can't just think that because enough time has passed, you deserve something, right? And that is a direct uh, correlation with retirement too, right? A lot of us in our 20s or 30s, 30 years from now, we're not going to be able to walk away from our jobs um, if you're employed or if you're an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be. You're not going to be able to do that unless you have created a tactical plan that you have something that's producing income for you so that you no longer have to work. Just because you turn 60 doesn't mean you can retire. So that's a broad stroke look at it. But on a more practical level, if you want something here and now, look at your discretionary budget. Each of us have an amount of money every month that I don't care if you, if you buy candy, clothes, whatever. You can buy whatever you want with it. We have this set amount that's hers and that's mine. So one of the conversations we had a couple of nights ago for this new thing that she wants, I said, hey, look, sweetheart. Well, I know you mentioned it several months ago, but what have you done to, to start tactically planning for it? And then in a matter of five minutes, I kind of gave her examples of what that looked like. And then she had kind of had an aha moment of, okay, well, I guess you're right. And of course, I get so much satisfaction of her saying that. And it happens oh It happens so often, whether she'll like to admit it or not. But now she can see, okay, well, that makes sense. Let me put aside X amount of dollars each month for my discretionary budget. Or, you know, if I, if we have other areas where we underspend and, it's, and we're on the same page and you're okay with me pulling from there, cool. Because then I have a tactical plan of how to get it. You can't just wake up one day and say, oh, I want a camera or oh, I want this new thing on my list. But now there again, that's one of those things where we you know, went back to the drawing board. I imparted some wisdom from my philosophy and she was receptive. And one of the things I can always say about my wife is that she may or may not like every single thing I present, but she is always open. And that's all I can ever ask for, because as long as the door is open, you always have an opportunity to walk through. And that's a tweetable. Is that a tweetable match? Would you agree? I think so. I think so too. <laughs> but yeah, so moving along, man, I'm I'm impressed. You know, for you to not know that you were going to be on the show, you're doing pretty good as a co-host. I might have to invite you back if you act right. I hope so. Hope I don't get fired on my first first showing. <laughs> yeah. So this last point is a pretty good one, and this is one that you all can think about um, in your respective relationships as well. And when you get married, you hear it, but sometimes you don't really think about it until it happens, right? When you get married, everything, and I do mean just about everything, is ours. There is no more mine, okay? When you're sitting down and you're eating your food, your chicken's her chicken, right? Uh, your car's her car. Everything is joint. Everything is merged. So funny, I won't say funny story, but I would probably say out of simplicity, uh, when, we, when we got initially married, well, even before that, the year before we got married, we opened up a joint account for wedding expenses. And then after the wedding was over, we said, cool, we'll just keep that account for our bills. And at that time, that was the only account that we had that was joint. She still had her personal spending account. I still had mine. And then because I follow my own advice, I already had the saving account, emergency fund, emergency reserves, you name it. So all that needed to happen there was, hey, look, you just make your contributions to the joint account. I'll pull out the excess that needs to go to those accounts. And that was our first plan, which goes back to having to always revisit. That was our first plan. We thought that was a pretty solid plan. And, and I'm a financial planner, and I thought it was a solid plan. And even me, I have to constantly revisit 
how we do things. But we we realize that, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Madge is responsible primarily uh, for doing all the grocery shopping, which, you know, I used to do on my own when I was single. Uh, and then, you know, I, I kind of forgot that it really pre- it is an involved task, especially when you're trying to meet a budget goal. And I had to do it, I would say maybe just three or four times this year, not much. But those three or four times, I'm like, gosh, I'm so glad I passed that task off. I'm just joking. I'm, like, I'm so glad. Make sure appreciate. I'm the so pain glad that uh, and appreciative of her taking on taking on that because it is a lot when you have a kind of a strict budget that you're trying to stick to and yeah you know, we I mean we get very detailed I mean down to the cost per serving so kudos let's I tip my hat to her but anyways I bring that up again to say that one of the issues that we found was okay so we're contributing all this money to the household right. But she's responsible for grocery shopping. But what if we go over budget? And the money for the groceries is coming from her account. So the problem with that is we got to eat. So she gonna, she's going to buy the groceries. But then guess, but then she gets shortchanged. And now some of the money that she maybe needed for other things that were part of her budget are now getting you know, wiped away. And so then I, I was kind of getting on her like, man, why are you going over budget? Or why, are you, why, you don't, why don't you have money for these other things? She's like, well, we're constantly going over budget for food because we need it. And at the time, we weren't revisiting the plan as frequently, uh, probably because we had the money, but it was still affecting our budget planning. And for her personally, it was affecting her ability to do the things that she needed to do personally, right? So I was initially looking at it like it was something that she was doing wrong, but the reality was the, the plan was flawed, right? One of the quotes that I used to say all the time is systems don't fail, people do. But I've actually since revised it and there's no bad people, there's just bad systems. So we had a bad system. Right. I think anybody can thrive in the right system. And I think we both are learning that increasingly in a lot of areas in our life. So we had to revise the system and it took us months and months and months to get there. But we had to revise the system. So initially, uh, over a year ago, we only had one joint account. And then I'd say about three, four months ago, we merged everything. And I was a little scared at first. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going to have access to the emergency fund and what you think I'm going to take your money <laughs> not, and run? Not take my money and run, but just, oh you know, goodness. maybe be confused about what's what. And, and we did have some of that. We had, we had some of that, you know, to her defense. My plan is complex. Not not complex, but you, it's, it's, if you've never had a true financial plan before, it can probably be overwhelming, right? So it took her it took her a little while to get adapted to it. And in her mind, you know, money is money. And we got money in a bunch of different accounts. And what does it really matter? And she tried her best. She really did. And there was a few instances where she pulled money from the wrong place. And, you know, I got a little frustrated and upset, probably overboard. But I'm just a stickler when it comes to the budget. And, you know, I, I think I remember one time we were actually headed to a friend's cookout and we got into a pretty, uh, I won't say heated discussion because her and I have never, never cussed at each other. Uh, we never you had me in my feelings. Though. We never we never yell at each other. But we were in, we were in our feelings. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyways. We got to a point where even through that, after merging all our accounts, we realized this is really the best plan. Now, the pro to it is it requires increased transparency, right? So now because there's two hands always potentially going into every account, we have to be on the same page so that we know that the money is there when we need it, right? And she does a, she's honestly done a, done a great job of that since day one. She's on the way to the grocery store. Hey, you know, I'm going to get groceries. Is is it okay to use this account? Hey, I'm going to get gas. Hey, I'm going to get this. So, I, uh, so I really appreciate her always looping me in. I'm never in the dark about uh, what she spends. So that's that's been beneficial for us. I, so I would say that's a pro. Um, 
and a con. And I don't know so much of it. Uh, I, I wouldn't say so much that it's a con, but one of the things you have to be mindful of is, you know, I think actually it is the increased transparency. So maybe when you had separate accounts, maybe you could, and not to say that either of us did this, but maybe you could be a little more secretive. Maybe Madge could order that pair of shoes without saying it. She never did that. I'm just saying, and maybe I could do the same. Now it's impossible because I see everything. She sees everything Mm -hmm. and there's no way to hide what we're spending. So it keeps us accountable and really keeps us on track because she knows, I I mean, I know, and she knows we can't just go out and do whatever we want because we're going to know about it. And who wants to have a, discussion on top of the hundreds of discussions that we already have uh, about, you know, spending money that we didn't agree agree on, right? Anything you want to add there, Madge? I think you, I think you're on it. I think it's just that constant communication piece again, just us checking in and we really do it, like you said, almost on a daily basis if shopping's involved or if it's someone's baby shower or bridal shower, anytime we have to make a purchase, us just checking in one to make sure it's on plan and two just to communicate to make sure he's not out about to spend the same amount of money I'm about to spend and put us in a deficit with any of our goals right right that's exactly right and um, the last point I want to touch on and it's not really a point is just expounding upon the conversation that we've talked about is I actually had a good friend of mine who just got married recently and I won't call her out by name but we had a good conversation uh, a couple weeks ago and she was had she had some questions and hesitation about you know how how she should approach her finances and I pretty much gave her the same advice I said hey you know start slow start small I mean we started with one account and got used to that then we slowly but surely evolved into having everything combined and then obviously there's a lot of uh, you know ancillary conversations in conjunction with that just in terms of what are your goals what do you want to achieve together you know, getting clear on those money philosophies because I think where things get hairy in a lot of these situations is there's so many potential variables, right? So one, let's say one person's coming to the marriage with more debt than the other, right? So one person can say, well, that's not my debt, so I should have to spend my money from my hard-earned check on your debt, right? Another way it could be, well, I have a, a, a up-to-date car. Um, I don't, we don't, I don't think we need another car, so. Now you're telling me I got to take some of my money to get you help you get a new car. Like there's so many variables, and one of the probably even bigger ones, and one of the ones I think that was probably one of her concerns is she uh, just got a new promotion, and she's going to be making probably significantly more than she was before. So now it's like okay, so all of that extra money is now our money, and it's not my money. I sh- I can't do what I want with it. And, you know, just thinking about that, but that goes back to, like I said, once you get married, everything is ours. And the way you got to kind of look at it is it's going to be a constant pendulum shift, right? At some point in time, there's going to be goals and aspirations that may seem like they're more in favor of one, one, one person in the household. And then at some point in time, that's going to shift. So one, in one, one year, I might need the car. Another year, Madge might need the car. One year, I might be paying off my student loans. Another year, we might be... Um, opening a storefront for Majesty's business, right? So you gotta you gotta understand and buy into the concept that over the course of 30, 40, 50 years of marriage, it's gonna constantly shift. So buy into the fact that hey, it's okay for me to support uh, this goal, whether it's paying off debt, investing, saving mutually, because ultimately it's gonna help us both get to we want to get to where we want to go quicker, right? It's just simple science, right? If both of you are committed to paying off debt, whether it's his debt or your debt, guess what? The quicker you get that paid off 
the more money that frees up for that for the household. Versus if well, I'm gonna just is is his debt. He can pay it off on his own. Well, that's gonna take him probably twice as long, and then that's less money that he can contribute to the overall household. Uh, versus if you guys aggressively you know approached it as if it was your goal to pay off the debt, right? So you gotta think of it that way. Think of it as hey, look, the quicker we can get to our goals, uh, the better, right? And obviously, two heads, two pockets, <laughs> are better than one. What any, any additional thoughts you want to add to that last point, Madge? It, it reminds me of in the job I have now, a couple months in, I got a promotion, got a new role. And I immediately thought, man, I can use that money for X, Y, Z. And, and I got really excited about that extra money. And then we had a conversation and it immediately reminded me that that's not my extra money or my raise. That's extra income for our household that if we go back to the plan, go back to our goals and help us just reach our goals quicker. And it's not just extra shopping money or extra money that we can blow. So that was a mature growth. I think in this joining is if you get a raise, or I get a raise. Like you said, it's not mine or yours it's ours. And it all goes back to the financial plan that we're both working towards. So if you have an increase of finances and I have increased, it's both helping us get to our goals quicker. And I think that's an adjustment because selfishly, we always think of, man, I really wanted that and I can use extra money to get what I want. But it goes back to what's best for our family, what's best for our household. Agreed, agreed. And that ties right back into the point we made earlier about flexibility and compromise. So, you know, the key is just have a conversation, you know, be honest about what you want, be honest about your goals, be honest about how you feel, because that way you can, you know, come to an amicable agreement because a lot of people say, you know, there's not, it's not your way, it's not my way, we come up with a compromise, but I like to think of it as not your way, it's not my way, we come up with a, a better way, right? And collectively, it becomes better. And a, another way I like to think about it is, and just in terms of this being a process to get there, is that, you know, let's say Madge is Microsoft and I'm Apple. Separately, very successful, uh, thriving on our own, but one day we decide to make the crazy decision to merge together, i.e. get married. And even though we're two great companies, it is going to take a very long time to merge our processes, figure out who does what better and taking the best of that, you know, going forward. And that's exactly how we got to look at marriage, right? You know, you're going to bring certain things to the table. They're going to bring certain things to the table. And over time, as you continue to unpack this and learn each other, you know, that ultimately is going to become a very refined and well-oiled machine. But that takes time, right? You, you know, separately, you guys were um, great companies. Together, you're an empire. But it takes time to weave that all together and figure out, you know, what's their best practices, what's your best practices, and what that looks like. And I, I, that's how I mentally wrap my head around marriage. And I think that's what has kind of helped me uh, slow down sometimes and realize, hey, look, you know, this is not going to happen overnight. And you don't have all the answers. You married her for a reason. You picked her for a reason. She obviously has a lot of good ideas too, regardless of if it's your area of expertise. Uh, listen, be patient to the best of your ability. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll have something something great and just trust the process and enjoy the process. So I want to say thank you to my host, Majesty Timberlake Atchenpong. No I, hope I, I hope you invite me back. I'll think about it. No, I'm, I'm sure I will. Uh, no relation to Justin, by the way. Timberlake. That would be cool. Talk about extra money. I would be on tour, background <laughs> dancing. I just realized, and I'll do it really quick because this is kind of backwards to do it now. But I just realized I didn't do it. Let me do a quick intro 
of majesty, just in case you don't know who she is, right? So majesty, besides her greatest and most important title, being my wife, she is a corporate America boss in HR, uh, killing it. But ultimately, that's just a means to an end. She is a, a blogger. Uh, she has launched and started her own online boutique. And in 2017, she is actually looking to relaunch that. And I and said that on the blog, excuse me, on the podcast intentionally, because now <laughs> she's going to have to get on it because this is going to be live. So now y'all can ask her and drop a comment <laughs> on her Instagram. Hey, how's the boutique going? So now she's going to have to get on it. But uh, yeah, so you know, check her out at Born Majestic on s- social media everywhere. Uh, she's doing a thing. She's my wife. I wouldn't have, mar- have married her otherwise. And I think, you know, why not? I mean, this is my podcast. We can do what we want. Also, I'll briefly share with you guys kind of our, the quick version of, of how we met. Uh, for those of you who don't know, because ideally a lot of people that listen to this podcast will be, be people who don't know us. So just so you can kind of understand a little bit of backstory about us. And I know if I get this wrong, she'll interject, but I'm gonna give you guys a short version. Maybe we'll elaborate on another podcast if, uh, if I invite her back, which I will. So it was Halloween 2011. Yep. Halloween 2011. Uh, we both were at a party that we didn't want to be at. And it was evident because I would say 95% of the people had on Halloween costumes and we were uh, two of them that didn't. So we <laughs> stuck out like sore thumbs. Uh, we had a couple of mutual friends there. We didn't know each other at the time. Had a couple of mutual friends there. And um, I'm looking like, okay, well, my friend knows her. You know, maybe she can do a little introduction and vice versa. So, you know, before the night, you know, uh, was over, we we got introduced to one another. And, you know, as the night progressed, I think it's somewhere towards the end of the night, I asked her for a dance. And y'all know I got moves. Well, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, So she was thoroughly impressed by my dance moves, I I might add. I have to admit, they they put the reggaeton on. I didn't think he would be able to keep up. I'm kind of short, so I got low on purpose to see if he had like the balance, and he kept up. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, man, I got the moves. Maybe we could do like a video podcast, like a dance, show a, a dance video, maybe a we'll, music we'll, video. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll table that for for later. <laughs> but yes, we danced, and then um, I said maybe you know I could take you out to lunch one day. So she pulls out her phone, pulls out her notes, and then puts my number down. I was like, for my initial thought was notes. Hmm. I said, ha ha, she doesn't want to lose my number or wanted to get lost in the sauce. It's kind of loud. She might not hurt, remember what my name was and it'd be in her phone. So she put it in her notes because she knew she was going to, didn't want to lose this number. So I'm kind of feeling myself so much so that I called my boy who's out of town and said, yo, I just met this girl and she put my number in her notes. And I think she <laughs> might, she might be a strong selection for the team. Now this is my younger days. So, you know, I'm still single. So don't, don't fault me for that. But anywho, so that was a Saturday, I'm guessing, and yeah. she didn't call me the next day. Okay, didn't call me the day after that. I'm like, okay, well, well, her loss. That's what I'm thinking. Whoop de doo. Uh, so that Tuesday, I routinely grocery shop at Target and Trader Joe's, and obviously we were in the club when we met, so I had no opportunity to ask her what she did for a living or anything like that. I had no idea. But at the time, she was actually a retail manager at that store, and I was shocked because. When I saw her, I had never seen her. And I go in there. I went in there every Tuesday, just about. So you I never new glasses because I was there all along. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so as soon as I walk in, who is the first person I see? Majesty. And I play it cool. I don't look salty. I'm not tripping that she didn't call me, whatever. Hey, I kind of do the little church wave. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Don't say nothing more than that. And I keep it moving. Get my groceries. 
you know, I noticed that she's magically fixing stuff on aisles near me. Mind you, she's a manager and doesn't even have to do that stuff. But for some reason on that night, she's zoning and fixing stuff on the shelves outside of her job description. Didn't say anything about it. I said, cool. Yeah, because I didn't know her job description. I didn't even know she was a manager at the time. Um, so then I get home. You know, of course, it's guy code that you don't make two trips. So I have my hands full of groceries, pockets buzzing, try to get in the house. So I get in the house, put all my groceries down, I check my phone, and she says, well, maybe we we should go out for that lunch. I'm, like, I'm just imagining imagining it that in that tone based upon the way she talks. So I saw it, and I was like, hmm. I responded. I didn't do it like she did me. I responded. I said, you know what? I said, yeah, how, how's Thursday sound? So uh, we met up Thursday for lunch at Zoe's Kitchen. Lunch was my go-to back then because... You know, lunch is economical. So if it doesn't work, if I don't like you, I didn't lose that much money. AKA, I'm too cheap for dinner. Call it what you want. It worked. So anyway, we had we had lunch, and uh, well, I guess the rest is history, right? And uh, here we are, podcasting at 10:44 at night after she leaves the gym. So <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in to the surprise, surprise, surprise podcast with me and my beautiful wife, Majesty Timberlake. And we can't wait to the next episode. Madge, when are you coming back? When you invite me. When's when the I next podcast? Her. So I'll let you guys tell me when I should invite her back. Leave a comment. Talk to you Thank soon. you once again for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with George Atchampong, where we teach you how to live the lifestyle you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Leave your mark on the world and live the life of your dreams. Now that makes sense to me.